eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome into the Ots and Audibles podcast. Sunday, crazy a day edition. I'm Matt Prem, Eric Scopel, Jared Mack on the show. And boy, guys, um, we knew this weekend would be interesting. We knew this weekend would have some fireworks. Um, it's been everything. It's been crazy. It's been wild. And yet nothing has happened. Um, besides Oregon being invited to uh, the Valero Alamo Bowl in San Antonio on December 29th. Uh, Jared had the story ready to go because we knew that's where they were going pretty much, playing the Oklahoma Sooners. Um, but we need to start with Mario Cristobal. You know, I, I, Leading up to the Pac-12 championship game in Las Vegas on Friday, uh, there were reports that this was trending to Miami Sunday morning. Uh, coming from some people in the Miami market, it was all but done, all but assured, but done. Uh, we've since been able to confirm that Cristobal is yet still coaching for the Ducks. He hasn't accepted the job. Um, he's out in homes of players that he's recruiting, that he has committed to this program. This day is beyond bonkers. Um, and I think I, I honestly – I, I don't know if it, the longer this plays out, if it's good for Oregon, if it's bad for Oregon, this has been a total masterclass of pure chaos in a coaching search for, for Miami and it's impacting Oregon tremendously. It's just been chaos for everything. Yeah. Like every part of this is chaotic right now. There is no clarity on anything almost other than, as you said, Oregon will play Oklahoma on December 29th in the Alamo bowl. Um, a matchup that if again, I think I wrote, I posted this on Twitter you told me before the season, I would have been like, maybe that's a college football playoff game. Now we're talking about it as a total afterthought yeah. where both of these teams are struggling down the stretch. Both of these teams might have new head coaches. Both of these teams probably are, could, in theory, have interim head coaches for that game. Uh, I mean, it, it is so crazy what we're dealing with right now. Um, it's it's bizarre in part because we've we had and I, I don't know, Matt, like, let's let's maybe start here. But just the bizarre nature of this, quote unquote, it's not even a press conference. I don't even think it was framed that way. Usually there would be a press conference on Sunday after you announce your bowl matchup. Today it was basically an acceptance of the invitation. No media members were allowed to ask questions. Uh, we sat and watched quietly in the corner, basically. <laughs> um, I mean, like that. And and Mario, you you can try to take this away because I missed parts of it. But uh, nothing changed at all. He didn't say anything at all during what would amounted to probably three or four minutes. That really puts anyone's mind at ease, whether you're an Oregon fan, whether you're a Miami fan, whether you're covering either of these schools. Um, no, no, no hand was tipped here. And we're recording this at about 2.30 on Sunday, shortly after that. Um, 
fully aware of the possibility that while we're recording this, news could break one way or the other. And that just sort of speaks to the chaotic nature of this. Like Matt and I think we both woke up about the same time, about 8.15 to messages about a tweet that popped up uh, from a couple of different, it was about two or three different Miami reporters over the course of about five, 10 minutes there suggesting it was pretty much a done deal. Um, and now six hours later, no deal has been signed. An another report is saying, there has been a deadline placed on Mario Cristobal for some time on Monday to make it a decision. I mean, this is just absolutely absurd. And by the way, Manny Diaz is still hired at Miami and still reportedly recruiting at Miami. So uh, I don't even know where to go with this because my mind is racing, trying to even kind of parse through all the details. And I'm sure I'm forgetting two or three key components to this um, that also add, you know, kind of nuance to this whole thing. I, I, I've, I'll be honest, like we've, we've done this for a while, Matt. This is about one of the weirder days i've been a part of covering this program probably I, up there with maybe the willie taggart i'm gonna this has been a shit show to be to be honest like yeah. more so from the miami perspective um i i miami has has according to ross dillinger of sports illustrated has communicated reportedly to Mario Cristobal that he has a deadline to accept the Miami job offer on Monday at noon. Is that noon Pacific? Is that noon Eastern? Is that noon central time? Is it noon in Mali? Um, but, but, but noon and it's for a position that's not even open. Like, and yet Mario Cristobal gave us flack for a narrative in Las Vegas when he was asked about it. Um, Jared, your your thoughts on just at some point Oregon's got to be like stepping up and saying, "Hey, we need to know one way or the other." Because if you leave, we're, we need to act. Like they've got to go. Well, yeah, they do have to go, obviously. But I don't know. I wouldn't try to push Mario into a decision or not. I let him take his time. If you're Oregon, who's a better coach for your program except for Mario? True. And, Agreed. That's some of the narrative that we've we've seen on DuckTerry.com or or on Twitter, just like, oh, let Mario go. We don't need him. I, what are you people thinking? This is ridiculous. Mario has turned this program around and has turned them into a contender. I went through the, the roster today, and Oregon had 14 season-ending injuries this year. 14, either before the season or during the season. They still finished 10-3. and three. This is a great coach. And if you're Oregon, who else are you going to hire? And... These, this, this deadline, I think, to me, is quite telling that Miami has, uh, I, I think the initial report, which came out on Friday heading up to the Pac-12 championship game, was that they expected this to be done on Sunday with both Miami expected both the head coach to be hired and their new athletic director to be hired. So far, they're 0 for 2, and they've placed a deadline on, on the head coach candidacy with Cristobal. And that same Ross Dellinger report from Sports Illustrated said that if Mario doesn't accept the position, Manny Diaz is just going to be retained, which also is an unbelievable narrative in this story, too, because <laughs> Manny Diaz has just been dragged through the mud this entire time. Why did you just, just not get up a, and leave? Right, just as a, uh, a, a lame duck, the Ed Orderon effect. Um, so I don't know what he's doing. There was another report that they would retain Manny Diaz if Cristobal is hired to make him their defensive coordinator. Again, Manny, dude, leave. They don't want you. It's very clear. Uh, they'll pay you a lot, but it's not worth it. This has been a cluster. Um, we'll stop that cluster there. And, but it's been a hell of a ride. It's been a lot of fun, like very secretly. 
uh, there's just been so many conflicting reports and just trying to see you like what to be real, what to be fake. Um, Eric, like you were saying, we all kind of woke up and there were like three reports that Mario Cristobal was becoming the new head coach of Miami. Um, none of those have happened yet. There's still a very good chance he does go. There's still a very good chance that he comes home back or comes back to Oregon. Um, he's still out, out visiting recruits, which I know a lot of people are going to be upset about that because if he's leaving, then why is he? This is his job. Until he accepts that job with Miami, he has to recruit for Oregon because he's still the head football coach at the University of Oregon. So that's something to understand. I understand that all of Oregon fans and that you know people around the country can be hurt by this because their coach goes out and sees a player and then is like, oh, well, see you guys. Sorry about that. Yeah. I get it. That's still their job. At that time, they're still the head football coach of whatever university. I know Brian Kelly caught a lot of flack for that. Um, I will say on a general sense, when you're a coach and you're switching from high major to high major, like Lincoln Riley, like Brian Kelly, potentially like Mario Cristobal, um, the idea that you can do this a right way is 100% false. Yeah. Someone is going to have a problem with how you do it. Yeah. Um, Good point. And I, I think what Mario is doing isn't, isn't bad. Yeah, he's not coming out and reassuring fans, but why should he? If he comes out and reassures fans and then uh, Miami says, here, Mario, here's 10 years, $130 million. Mario's going to leave, as he should, because everybody would leave in that situation. So if he comes out and reassures fans that, oh, you don't need to worry about Mullins, you know, Phil Knight, we're taking care of me, and then he leaves, it's just going to look bad on him even more. And he's going to see recruits. Could you imagine if Mario stayed the head coach at Oregon and just never visited recruits the last weekend? How would that look? So I think everybody in this situation, it's, something's going to happen, and the, this, this whole issue will resolve itself over time. And that's the issue, though, is that today has been the slowest day in the last couple of months for a lot of people who are, uh, like for us in the industry, just constantly checking, just looking for updates, and for fans at the same time, because they want to know. It'll happen eventually. Um, either way, it's going to be... Another, it's going to be another cluster where the Mario stays or leaves. This is uh, playing out in real time. Um, after the Vegas Bowl, Mario Cristobal saw on Saturday Cyrus Moss, the four-star defensive end edge player out of the Las Vegas area. He then later flew to Salt Lake City to check in on Oregon commit defensive tackle Ben Roberts. Um, so he was in the Salt Lake City area. And then Sunday, Mario Cristobal flew to Southern California. And we know he's checking in on his three verbal commitments in San Diego, Grayson Halton, who's a defensive lineman, and then Jalil Tucker and Jalil Florence, who are four-star cornerbacks. And he's also expected to check in um, Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening with four-star Oregon commit near five-star receiver, Territoria McMillan, um, among other players that he will be seeing in the Southern California area. And he's doing this not alone. He's doing it. Um, we know Joe Salavea has, has made some of these visits. We know Ken Wilson has made some of these visits. I believe DeRuiter has also been involved in a couple of them. Um, and, and so it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. We know that the team had – uh, a bowl meeting at two o'clock uh, on Sunday. 
that was as Mario Cristobal was giving his um, press conference, if we, we even want to call it that, um, with Bob Stoops and the Valero Alamo Bowl people. Um, this is, uh, I think Eric has, has brought this up a couple times on the show. Um, this is a very fluid deal, and it, it might be a case where by the time you listen to this Sunday night, Mario Cristobal is gone, or Mario Cristobal could, could be here uh, and, and confirmed to be here at Oregon. Um, but we still have a game to cover. We still have a game to follow and to prepare for, and that is uh, the Pac-12 Oregon Ducks facing off the, against the Big 12 Oklahoma Sooners, and it's one in which – there's a lot of intrigue in a normal year, and this one it's it's what kind of team does does Oregon send? What kind of what's what's their their mindset going to be like? It's that case for for both these teams, which mm-hmm. is the kind of bizarre part. Um, Oklahoma knows who its interim head coach is. It'll be Bob Stutz, a le- legendary coach. Um, Oregon, I think we expect it to either be Mario Cristobal or probably Tim DeRuiter. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would imagine Tim's probably elevated to the interim, get, considering he has head coaching experience, which with Joe Moorhead now taking the Akron job would make him the only coach with head coaching experience aside from Bobby Williams. Um, but I would imagine DeRuiter is more re- I mean, he's been a head coach more recently, put it that way, um, and has higher responsibility with the team right now. So I would imagine that would be the way they go. But both these teams are limping to the end of the season here. You think about where they were ranked collectively in the college football playoff rankings coming up until the last couple of weeks. Oklahoma was 9-0. and they lost two of their last three games to the teams that play in the Big 12 championship game, Oklahoma State and Baylor. Um, Oregon lost two of three games after being ranked ninth, sorry, third in the college football playoff not that long ago to Utah, both in devastating fashion. These are both two teams that, again, as I said earlier, you think Oregon and Oklahoma, two premier programs, two kind of blue blood programs facing off in a bowl game. You think that would kind of move some eyes. And I think right now for both fan bases, they're just kind of collectively going like, What's what's next? What, what's going on with this program? Mm-hmm. I think this game will be very much overlooked for a variety of reasons, even up until and probably through the game itself. I mean, obviously, the outcome matters to some people will watch this game. We will cover this game like it's any other bowl game. But I think we all sort of understand that the game, again, is sort of secondary, like what we talked about after the Pac-12 championship a couple of days ago, where the future of Oregon's football program is, is really dependent upon a lot of things that don't yeah. take place on the football field. And it's sort of hard to really want to focus too much upon this matchup, but I think we have to. So let's sort of dive into some of it. Um, Oklahoma is a team that is still really, really good offensively. They were first in the Big 12 in scoring, first in total offense, first in passing offense. Um, this is a team that, again, has five stars all over the field. Has and at one point in the season looked like they had two potential early NFL draft picks at quarterback and Spencer Rattler, who's, by the way, in the portal and considering Oregon, it sounds like. And then Caleb Williams, the all all everything freshman five star um, that finished the year as the quarterback. Um, the Sooner team is really talented, and the Sooner team, unlike Oregon, at least played its top teams in the conference close. Right? Oregon got blasted by Utah both games. You go look at the way Oklahoma State and Baylor played Oklahoma. Not like those games necessarily decided on the final possession, but those are fairly competitive games. Right? Um, Sooners ranked 16th. Oregon ranked 14th. Uh, this matchup, I anticipate, is going to be one who of kind of like who has more motivation, like which team really got it, really wants this game. Um, and there's reason to believe both programs and both teams. I, again, I don't want to say aren't motivated, but have so many moving parts and so many distractions that you kind of wonder where everyone's head's going to be out. 
head's going to be at. And we know, we're, I think we're pretty confident Kayvon Thibodeau won't be playing in this game. Matt and I discussed earlier that it's possible we see a couple other players maybe opt out. Um, there are so many moving parts right now that a preview of this game is kind of hard to do other than to just say both these teams are, are pretty darn good offensively, have some questions on defense. Um, Oklahoma is a team that when it is playing at its best is about as dynamic as any in the country offensively. But it has got, you know, quarterback play, the up and down nature of that kind of got in the way at times this season. Um, I don't know, Jared, what other things stand out to you when you look at Oregon, Oklahoma? Well, I think the main like narrative storyline for me is how both programs could be in such dismay in two weeks. Right. Uh, Oklahoma's already in the middle of theirs with Lincoln Riley going to USC. Uh, the reports are that they just hired uh, Clemson's defensive coordinator, whose name is slipping my brain right now, Brent Venables. Nailed it. Um, thank you. Thank you. Uh, which would be a great hire. I love Brent. Um, but yeah, I, you talked about how Spencer Rattler's in the portal. Um, they've lost a couple wide receivers to the portal. Uh, Jadon Hazelwood. I've completely uh, forgotten all of that part. Yeah, Marvin Mims is in the portal. Um, they've also, you know, obviously the struggles on the recruiting end too. Um, it's this could be a hilarious game where you go back and you look at the opening day rosters, or opening day, uh, like the opening week football game for both of these teams, and you're like, you just go down the list and check, 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 check. Well, this guy's not playing. This guy's not playing. This guy's not playing. Um, so that is going to be the main thing that I'm watching for. Uh, other than how good Caleb Williams is, I love watching him play. I think I've watched him play almost every single game this season. Um, he was unbelievable against Oklahoma State and almost led Oklahoma back into it. But uh, Oklahoma State, is their defense is really good. It's legit. Yeah. Um, but it, it should be uh, – it's hard to even think about how the game is going to go because that's just not the storyline right now. And I know. Nobody knows what Oregon's going to look like in I don't know, 48 hours, let alone three weeks. Um, I'm excited for it, though. This is a, you know, these, these are two pretty big name programs going at each other. Um, Eric, like your tweet said earlier, it's like if you told me this at the beginning of the year, we'd think it wouldn't be in the Alamo Bowl. But here we are, uh, both teams losing two of the three final games. Um, Oklahoma's in a bit of peril right now, and Oregon could soon be there. Um, however, my favorite storyline going into this game is Coach Stoops. Yeah. Coach Stoops just said, you guys need a coach? One game? Over $200,000 for me? I'm in. <laughs> and, you know, he, he's a historic coach. He coached Oklahoma for 18 years. I think I looked this up one time. What a gig. Just one game. Six-figure paycheck, all the gear I can have for a week. Sign me up. Can, can, can I ask, what, what, if, what if Mike Bellotti was like, I'll coach yeah. this game for Oregon? Would we like that? I mean, that, would, idea. that would, I would, I would actually kind of love that idea. Obviously, um, Bellotti has been out of the coaching ranks a lot longer than Bob Stoops, who Lincoln Riley replaced, what was that, in 2015, 14, something like that. Yeah. Um, Bellotti hasn't been coaching for since 2008, I think. So um, I guess not that much longer, five, six years, something like that, seven years. But uh, I, I mean, now we're just kind of getting into kooky talk. But I, if Mario Cristobal is not going to be here and you're not going to have, obviously, whoever you promote or whoever you make the head coach come like, coach that game, because that's just not realistic. That's not how this works. Right. If there's going to be an interim head coach, I kind of just like, why not just get freaking wild with it and let's let Mike Bellotti coach it? Like, uh, why, why not? It's why not? so funny. I just think it's one of the funniest things imaginable. It's like, hey, it's like Florida. It's like, hey, Urban, 
Right. You got time for Saturday? Or Steve Spurrier. Right. So, uh, but I just had to add some humor into this podcast. <laughs> so, a little down. The Bob Stoops part. The Bob Stoops part is awesome um, because he's he's already a really good coach, and I think he kind of gets the he's he he's not afraid to kind of like pop some some shots, and he. He took one at Mario Cristobal today, uh, mm-hmm. which I was absolutely floored with. Um, as they're a- exiting the Zoom call, he says, hey, Mario, all the best to you, buddy. And you can tell it was a genuine comment there. Good to see you, man. And then pops in the last little bit. Good luck on that recruiting trail. <laughs> so, like, I mean, I-, I don't think there was any, like, hostility in Bob's too. But it was totally a – he knows what's going on. He's smart enough to see what's playing out. And, you know, threw a little bit of a dicey spicy into this one. And I, I kind of liked it. I kind of liked it. He can it. do whatever he wants. Exactly. He's, like, co- he's coached for a week. It's awesome. It's like a substitute teacher. Just get the, get the game plan going and call it a day. Let's, let's end it here. Has How this has played out. Um, Miami not firing Manny Diaz and pursuing Mario Cristobal to the point where it's reportedly having a deadline for his decision. And Mario has never publicly acknowledged the Miami offer. He has, however, um, acknowledged that Oregon is preparing a new contract for him. But I think we all know he's trying to decide what to do here. Go to Miami or stay with Oregon. Mm-hmm. Has this how how this is all played out? Is is he at fault in any of of the craziness? And does he, does it change our perception maybe a little bit of him? Because like Jared was saying, I kind of go back to Manny Diaz and just feel bad, like feel sad for the guy, like literally having to do his job while the entire world knows that they aren't firing him because. They're trying to hire somebody else, but if they can't hire that person, they're going to just keep him. Breakups are always going to be messy. Yeah. And if this ends up being a, a breakup, it's all, it's never going to go fantastic for the team that is losing its head coach. Um, that's just the nature of the business. If, if you're a big school like this and you lose a coach, you're never going to like the way it goes down. And there's not a lot of classy ways to leave a program for another school because the indicate obviously the – you know, what, what is inferred is that the school you're going to is somehow superior or the situation is superior to the one that you're currently at. And that's going to hurt those that are at that current spot. And for Mario Cristobal, there's also the added element of family and his mom. And so I don't fault him for if he wants to go back and do that. Yeah. Um, I think the only thing I take like even a small iota of issue with was just how he handled that last press conference. I know we came at him pretty aggressively. Um, I think we had to. I think anybody listening that disagrees is kind of, I, I kind of missing the point of, of what our jobs are in that instance. Um, I didn't think he needed to be so defensive. I understand it's tenuous situations. Um, I think he could have probably addressed things a little bit more amicably. Um, I also understand he doesn't want to give up his leverage in whatever negotiation he's part of, and he can't fully tip his hand one way or the other. So it is sort of a lose-lose for him. I don't think this is playing out anywhere near as badly as the Willie Taggart thing. Although it will feel sort of strange if he didn't take, if he was the coach on the introductory 
press conference for the Alamo Bowl and then doesn't coach in the game like that. That sort of rubs me slightly the wrong way. But I also understand clearly he hasn't made a decision, which is why Miami is pressuring him to do so um, and why, you know, internally, at least there is a timeline here. So I, I also I understand all of those parts. Um, I think it's really complicated and it's kind of hard for me to really judge his circumstances, knowing that there is so much at play and it obviously is a tough enough decision that he didn't just jump at this job, right? Like if, 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 it, if it was an easy decision, it would have been made already and the announcement would have been made this mm-hmm. morning. He would have signed the paperwork, which is already clearly out there, but he hasn't done that. And I think he's wrestling with it. And that's a human thing that I can relate to. Um, I, and I, one thing I will say what, that, that I, that I, that I also tweeted this out earlier, the recruiting element where you have Manny Diaz recruiting for Miami and Mario Cristobal recruiting for Oregon. I don't really blame either coach because they're trying to do their jobs. Like Jared said, I just think it's sort of symptomatic of the problems we have with the schedule right now. Um, I think the early signing period is a really cool idea. I think it stinks that it takes place like 10, 15 days after the carousel really picks up. And then you have all these awkward situations where you have teenagers sitting in living rooms with supposed head coaches of a school who very likely might not be their head coach when they sign. And it just, that stuff rubs me the wrong way for the student athlete because I don't feel like they're getting it a straight answer. Um, I don't necessarily, again, point the finger entirely at Mario Cristobal or at Manny Diaz because like Jared's earlier, it's a, it's a valid point. What are they supposed to do? They're trying to recruit up until they sign, you know, up until their situation is finalized in the yeah. opposite situation. They have to kind of continue to proceed that way. Um, so it's a long way of me saying like, I kind of wish he would have handled the press conference slightly differently. Um, and I, and obviously I want him to be retained as Oregon's head football coach. I think he's done a really good job. Obviously the last couple of games, the last couple of weeks have stung. And I understand fans sort of being frustrated by that because results are obviously the, the goal of everything. And the results recently haven't been good. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm not sitting here going, man, Mario Cristobal is a crappy coach and a crappy person. And I'm, I'm happy he's leaving. I, I think he's handled things a really difficult situation about as, well as you can when I don't know if there's an outcome that's really going to please everybody regardless of it. That's my perspective, at least. This whole situation isn't going to change my perception of Mario Cristobal. Uh, I think he's done, like I was saying earlier, I think he's done as well as he can in this coaching decision. Um, He's clearly been offered a lot of money by Miami just off the basic reports. So we've seen something over $8 million a year. Um, I've, Fully expect Oregon's offer, if those details ever come out, if he chooses to go to Miami, to be very similar in value. Um, these are always somewhat monetary value decisions, but yeah. this one doesn't feel like that. Um, if Mario ends up going to Miami, that's because it's the same reason that why Willie Taggart left. Like This is his dream job. This is his situation where he can go back home, uh, be close with his family. Uh, you know, all of, all of those uh, more human reasons. And, you know, we've talked about uh, the last couple of weeks with Mario's mother being sick, uh, the human element of being a football coach. And this happens to be the human element of being a football coach. When you get to this echelon of coaching prospectus and you're able to go anywhere in the country, uh, I, I don't think a lot of us would say that that I wouldn't go home or that you wouldn't go home, whatever the case may be. And obviously this is going to be a situation where 
if Mario chooses to stay at Oregon, Miami people will not be happy. And if Mario chooses to leave, Oregon people will not be happy. That's how it works. Um, this is college football at the end of the day. Um, with how good of a program Oregon has been in the last 20 years, I don't anticipate they'll have trouble trying to find a new head coach. Um, I do feel as if Mario is the best head coach for this team going forward. This is a team that he's built. So this is exactly the program that he wants to, uh, that he had wanted to build. And here it is. And if he does go to Miami, this is that, that team might look kind of similar to how Oregon plays. Um, but at the end of the day, it's this is just a personal matter, a personal decision, a business decision for sure. Um, but I think it's important to kind of give a perspective of if somebody were in were in Mario's pair of shoes, would you do anything differently? And it's always easy to say, oh, of course I would, of course I would. If you sit down and really think about it, the same Hard. way if you really sit down and think about how Lincoln Riley and Brian Kelly made their decisions, I think a lot of people at the end of the day would come to those same conclusions. And that's just kind of how life works. I look at this and think if a week and a half ago, you told me Mario Cristobal was going to leave at the end of the season after the Pac-12 championship game. And, you know, a day later it would have been announced he's, he's going home. I would have completely understood it for the human element, like you said, and the emotional element. Uh, totally understanding of it. And it, it wouldn't be a good situation for Oregon. Um, but, and part of this is things that he can't control. He can't control the fact that Miami doesn't have an AD in place and they have multiple boosters who want to be decision makers in this process and are leaking information left and right. And Miami reporters, as they should be, are building stories off of that report, you know, sourcing. So Chris Paul can't control any of that aspect of it, but I think the way the last 24 hours have kind of gone and the uncertainty that Mario Cristobal has left Oregon in, um, he's done a press conference representing Oregon in a bowl game. He's seeing recruits um, the day, you know, of this, and we don't have any kind of clarity on it. Just, I don't know if feels wrong is the right word. It doesn't feel normal and it'll be but interesting to see how he's still the head coach of Oregon. It's true. He has to do these things. If Miami sure. had a had a bowl game press conference say Manny Diaz would still be there. Yeah, it's true. It just That's... doesn't feel it, it just feels strange. It feels awkward. Sure. And it, and it, and I get that. It's put Oregon in a really weird predicament um and it's gonna be interesting to see this play out i mean shoot i've got to get off i've got to run over to matthew Knight arena and by the time i get over there and upload this podcast he could who knows a decision could have been made yeah i that's how i'm operating the rest until i guess that monday at midday deadline is reached is any moment this could happen and it could mm -hmm. happen one way or the other it could be mario Signing that Oregon extension, which we know exists. I'm not ruling that out. To me, if I'm just being honest, I'm kind of leaning towards that not being the most likely option. I, I'm sort of readying myself for the possibility, the likelihood he ends up at Miami. Um, just with how unusual all this has been. It feels kind of strange. Um, but I'm not also, I don't think he's finalized his decision is really how I feel. And it's kind of how the reporting on all this stuff has felt is 
okay, everything has been kind of set up to take place because the contract negotiation details, according to a couple of different reporters from Miami, like they've already set up the contract. Like they've, they've already determined what this, you know, what the, uh, the details are. And I don't think he knows what he wants to do yet. And that right there makes this kind of really hard to know what's going to happen. Cause I mean, obviously, I mean, we're sitting here. I know Oregon fans listening want us to give them, oh, we know this is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. I know some out there in the, in the media purport to know. I, I, I genuinely think right now, though, he doesn't know what the decision is. Yep. And it, what's going to happen over the next day or so is he's going to have to make a really difficult decision. And mm-hmm. I think he's probably torn between what he's building at Oregon right now and with home and mom and familiarity of a place where he's grown up and spent a lot of his life. And all of that makes sense. And unfortunately, if you're an Oregon fan, I think you just have to be ready for the possibility that this December is going to play out a lot differently than we thought it would, where we expected a couple of weeks ago it might be college football playoff, and that's what we'll be talking about, and maybe signing a, a top eight, top seven class. And instead, we're going to be doing podcasts talking about potentially, okay, what's the head coaching hotboard? Which coach makes sense? Do we like a coach that is more um, offensive-oriented or defensive-oriented? Um, what kind of a, 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 an offensive coordinator goes well with that coach? Because that offensive coordinator hire might be made by, or I've not, but well, I mean, assuming Mario's gone, will be made by a different head coach with a different ideology and philosophy. We'll be looking at what happens with Oregon signing day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How many guys can they retain? How many guys do they lose? How much is going back to the drawing board? Um, does Oregon, from, how much of Oregon's current staff can they keep around to try to retain a lot of those recruits? I mean, these are the kind of conversations that you have to be ready yourself for here because based upon what mario cristobal decides to do our podcasts those listening their conversation with friends and other duck fans are going to be very different there's a possibility you're talking about building the mario cristobal program heading towards his fifth season in 2022 or you're looking at brand new open horizons something different and either way it's going to be a lot of tough to talk about um and we will be talking about it we're just going to be prepared to have very different conversations for the duration of this month than I think we had anticipated or possible even a couple days ago. It's going to be fun. It's going to be, I mean, I'm sure, I mean, it's stressful for us. I just imagine being a fan base and the stress that they have <laughs> as well. Um, it's going to be certainly interesting. Go to duckterritory.com um, for more coverage of this, more discussion of this. And I should have mentioned this at the beginning. So uh, I apologize but before we leave, sign up to DuckTerritory.com. Right now, 50% off an annual membership. Um, we know for certain there's an offensive coordinator search. We've got a hot board up. That could drastically change if the decision by Cristobal is to leave Miami. But for I, I honestly don't know how long this, this promo is staying up. We know it's there. 50% off an annual membership. Uh, it comes out to being under $4 and 50 cents a month uh, that you'll be paying for this description. So until we do a mailbag on Monday or an emergency podcast from the crystal ball news, whenever that happens, you've been listening to the odds and audibles podcast. Docular folks. Peace. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon. When a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.